This is the Jocko Underground Podcast, number 11, with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. We have some more Q&A for today from the underground. The underground. Yes, sir. So people that are in the underground know how to ask questions to the underground. More uh, narrow audience so we get to them quicker. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, here's a question, and this question is actually directed, I believe, at Echo Charles for the most part. So I'm going to read it. It says, I've been lifting weight, bodybuilding, powerlifting since high school. I recently purchased Jocko's field manual. It was, an aw- it was awesome, by the way. So the thing is, I'm not very familiar with the Olympic lifts, and I can't afford to do BJJ and CrossFit. Obviously, I'm going with BJJ because you can't burpee out of a chokehold. That's affirmative. <laughs> That's true. I'm curious to what movements Echo Charles bases his lifting around. I know he played D1 football, so he may be more familiar with Olympic lifts as well. I'm just trying to see what weight training split will complement a beginner at BJJ and someone who isn't very familiar with Olympic lifts. I'm very experienced with the big three, squat, bench, deadlift. But I love cardio, the cardio aspect that comes with Metcon Olympic lifting. Echo Charles, Mm -hmm. go. Okay, let me preface this with my I'll be back in 15 personal <laughs> my personal training certificate certification is expired has been Did expired. you actually get one ever? I got a certification. It was like one of the bare minimum when? ones. When? 2003. Were you thinking maybe that was the road? That was that was the road. Yeah, did you actually do that for a while? I was a personal trainer for a little while, yes. How long? Oh, uh, wow. Well, a year and a half, one year, maybe. Where? I don't know. 24 San, hour fitness. San Diego? Yeah, San Diego. No UTC, 24-hour fitness. Yep, no kidding. it's true. Well, in college, I went to school for, I wanted to be a strength conditioning coach. Mm. So that was what I sort of pursued. That's why. Um, so you know, you're, you're a, your bro science has a little. Some regular science in it, yes. <laughs> yeah. You could have fooled me over the past uh, well, 10 years. You know, well, in <laughs> exercise and like sports, mm-hmm. um, bro science know, is the real. The <laughs> <laughs> well, there, you gotta understand in exercise and sports, bro science is <laughs> the real thing. No, man, there's so much updating, you know, because every, you know, everybody's body's different and all the stuff responds differently to different things. Yeah. Fast switch, slow twitch muscles, like medium this, switch, which this, is a thing. Yeah, see, and even that, you know, it's like put it this way: there's always new updates to it. So okay. things that we thought was the best way sometimes later on they found out hey that's not the best way this is even better way science some things they say hey this is not even true anymore Mm -hmm. because we thought it was true because of this 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 but this 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 is only the case because of this other thing that we didn't know about well lately there's been a lot of a lot of this trust the science stuff going around and the thing about trust like you just said you can trust science today. It could be different tomorrow. Yeah. And then even that, that's going to depend because there's like, what do you call them? The hard sciences. And then there's the not hard sciences or whatever. Yeah. So then but there's that even, going But around. even in the hard sciences, like things get proven wrong over time. Yeah. And I think like there, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. But there's no, a real, lot of stuff. But yes, there is a but. They're not going to prove that one plus one, like, for some reason doesn't equal two anymore. It's like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's math. Yeah, which is one of the hard science sciences. 
or it's part of the, <laughs> all the hard science. You're digging a hole. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. This is absolutely true. <laughs> Either way, back to lifting. <laughs> let's Jeez, just, Louise. let's focus on lifting. <laughs> yeah. That. Let's uh, get back to lifting. Okay. The, the hard science, so, the hard bro science of lifting. The hard science of lifting. All right, oh, what yeah. do you got? Um, this is my opinion, and it, it it's not like going to be. I am not a strength and conditioning coach at all. Okay. But. If you ask me what I do okay. and what I've found to be beneficial for jujitsu and non-jujitsu stuff, here's what I what I have currently. So I don't. My workouts are not based for jujitsu, mm-hmm. not fully. Some of it is because lifting weights has all kinds of different pursuits. You want muscular endurance. You want to look good. You want big muscles. You want to be strong. You mm-hmm. want it to be performance based, and then performance based. How you know, like you want to be strong in the weight room. You want to be fast. You want to, you know. So there's like all, mm-hmm. all kinds of different pursuits going in different directions, fully. So mine was when I started lifting weights. It was to be quote unquote big and strong and fast. Okay, which are three different things too, by the way. But That's my workouts okay. would be based kind of with those three mm-hmm. interests in mind. Are they still? Not the fast. So I think he's asking, what are you doing right now? Yeah. Um, but I think that that's important to preface because it's like, Everyone oh, wait. Everyone just started I clapping when I, I said that. They recognize I was trying to move no, this not. conversation no, they're along. Not. They're not. <laughs> if yes, they, if they have the same question, they think that this is beneficial because it is. And this mm-hmm. is why. Because sometimes people will be like, hey, they'll like look at me and I'll get this. They'll be like, hey, what do you do for lifting? But then if you don't say like, well, my... I don't do this thing and then I happen to get this result. It's like I have these certain things that I do for working out that for these certain results or whatever. And they conflict with each other. Like a lot of the lists that I do totally conflict with jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Like as far as, I mean, I guess like they'd be what? considered like bodybuilding lifts. Like oh, okay. uh, just yeah. the format. You know, like if, if, if I do five sets of 12 reps, mm-hmm. we'll say shoulder press. Five sets of 12 reps. Uh a minute, minute and a half rest in between till failure every time. That's a bodybuilding type movement. Mm-hmm. That's not directly beneficial to jujitsu. Okay. In fact, if you put on lean muscle mass, that's not effective for jujitsu to a certain point. Mm-hmm. So if you're a too super skinny little dude and then you put on muscle mass, okay. But once you get sort of into the, the, a certain range, depending on your body build or whatever, the muscle works against you in jujitsu. Okay. Oh yeah, it does. Wait, wasn't it you that was saying, "Oh yeah, you put it. You want to get up to like two fifty? Yeah, yeah. Just said that on the podcast with Drago. Yes, and then uh, and then I went to run. run, I I did. Ran four miles, and I was like, "Good lord, I'm too big. This is too much." And the thing is, you could be two fifty, good weight or bad weight. You'd probably have that same thing going on if you don't train for running the mile. You see what I'm saying? And if I was training. Then I wouldn't have been able to get to 250. If I've been, if I kept running well, it would have been just a lot harder. Uh, yeah, and it, arguably, yeah, you couldn't have. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah be, there's a chance be, that it just wouldn't oh, be yeah. possible. Yeah. So, have you ever heard that an obese person cannot do a pull up? Have you ever heard that? No. I heard. Well, I heard it. I think it was talking about kids. It was like another person saying because I'm a big uh, proponent of pull ups, mm-hmm. and there's some factor or something that I read in the in the. Uh, manual of bro science, I guess. Sure, but it yeah. said an obese kid cannot do a pull up. So if you if you get your kids doing pull ups and they keep doing pull ups, you're gonna be they're gonna be in better shape. Yeah, but okay. So even that that barely. Well, then again, that's unclear because so because a fat kid can do a pull up. I mean, not all of them, of course, but it's that, that's it's, what I'm saying. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if 
if what you're saying is whoever said that or whatever, what they meant was if you can do a pull up, we cannot consider you obese no matter how fat you are. Right. Yeah, Even though that's, that's not bad. the definition of being obese, no. by the I way. I think the idea was in order to be able to do a pull up, if your body weight goes over a certain amount, there's no way that your strength ratio can support it. Oh, like yeah. that type of thing. Yeah, I don't, that doesn't sound right, but I, I don't know, obviously, because pull-ups is how strong your arms and your back is. Yeah, really. but I'm saying there's a certain limit to how strong your arms and back can be. With kids? I guess. Because with adults, <laughs> I see guys doing pull-ups with all kinds of weight strapped That's to their thing. Point, so you man. get a guy That's with that kind of point. strength, yeah. and then they got 100 pounds, 100 yeah, pounds of body fat, and yeah, they can do a pull-up. Pull they can still be obese. Okay. So it's like different, you know? Bro, so see, bro science was just maybe proven wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Science isn't, bro science Again, isn't reliable. I don't know if we solved anything. We just asked a bunch of questions with... You know, all right. I am going to really try and be quiet so you can get through this. Okay. So anyway, so what I do is actually pretty simple. I have three days of essentially the same thing as far as lifting weights goes, which is like a, I'd say they're, they're geared towards body building. They're real basic, like four sets of 12 of shoulder press and then three sets of 12 of lateral raises with shrugs as it's like a, what do you call it? Like a superset. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between superset and giant set. I forget what it is. One is doing the same body part with two exercises mm -hmm. and one essential set. And the other one is doing two different body parts right after, you know, okay. anyway. So I go, <laughs> I go lat raises, shrugs. That's a, that's a superset. Do three sets of that. That's for shoulders. And then go to like bicep curls, three, four sets of that. Same thing. 12 reps? Well, it depends on the day. Mm -hmm. So if I did 12 reps last time I did it, I'll go down to like a five, six, seven, maybe eight kind of situation. And I alternate. So that's a one day. And then the other day is squats. Like a same thing, four sets of 12 or five or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other day is a like bench but I do dumbbells, bench or incline, and then rows and pull-ups. And you're you most of the time you're working either twelve rep range or five rep range, and you kind of alternate. Yeah, but it varies, you know. <clears throat> so it'll it'll change every time. Like I won't do like four sets of twelve, and it's a range. It's not twelve; it's ten to twelve because yeah. you're you're yeah, going yeah. for the you're going for the twelve. And if you can do thirteen, you didn't do enough weight. Got it. And you got to drop weight because after a minute, minute and a half rest, you can't do the same weight if you went hard enough, you know. So it's one of those situations. But here's the thing. So I do conditioning after I lift, though. And then that I have a couple things. So I do dumbbells or not dumbbells, sorry, kettlebells. Mm -hmm. So on the shoulders days, I do carries, which is I grab 110-pound dumbbells and I walk across my yard and back, put them down. Then I grab, a, depends on the day. The lightest I go is the 62-pound uh, kettlebell. Mm -hmm. The heaviest is the 90. Either way, whichever weight I use. I do, so I do the carries, boom, put them down. I go straight to the dumbbells. I go clean press, clean mm -hmm. and jerk. Mm -hmm. It's like a, you yep. know, your whole body. Yep. One arm, five. Switch to the other arm. Don't put it down. You switch to the other arm, boom, five. Five of those. Then I go to jumping Split jumps? Yeah, they're split jumps. They're yeah. not split lunges or squats. I don't go mm -hmm. down deep. They're just jumps. It's like for kind of for like hip. Boom. That's one. We'll call that one. Round. Round. And then I walk like in a circle for 35 seconds and I do it again. I'll do five of those. So it's like a quick, but it's like a full body conditioning scenario after the lift. Check. That's for lifting. Every once, and then the other one of those is... 
the dumb, the same dumb or same kettlebell situation, and then burpees, and then to the split jumps. And there's a hill behind my house. I'll sometimes mm. incorporate the hill and stuff. Like uh, they're not sprint sprints, but they're like strides. So you go kind of fast. That's the workout scenario. And then whatever jujitsu I do. Check. And that's not counting if I go like travel or whatever. Then I just kind of make do with what I can, kind of thing. And yes, I do stretch and whatnot. So Got I feel it. like that covers all the bases with maintaining muscle mass or, and you can modulate, you know, if you want to gain more muscle, you do less jujitsu, less like conditioning or whatever. Or if you want to lose weight, you do more conditioning, more jujitsu, less weights or whatever. And it has a lot to do with what you eat as mm-hmm. well and how much you eat. Check. Right on. All right. What do we got? Next question. Next question. Throughout modern history, the musicians have often been the voice of the common man's dissent against the ruling class the man stick it to the man what is the current musical movement that is dissenting against the official narrative when are the modern hardcore or where are the modern hardcore rebels are they out there if they are out there i'd love to be pointed to them if not i would love to hear your opinion from or hear an opinion from jocko and perhaps some musician friends of his as to why they may not currently exist Mm. Well, look, yeah, this is accurate, right? There's, there's always, well, there's, it seems going to be a rebellious streak that comes from music that's trying to push the envelope. At one point, it was rock and roll, right? Then it moved into sort of like psychedelic rock, and then that sort of heavy metal, punk, hardcore. You had rap come in. Um, now, as these things, as these musical genres get more popular, they actually get taken over by the man, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you end up with, uh, with uh, pop, punk, and hair metal. That's what happens, mm. right? Boy bands. Yeah, boy bands. But boy bands is the ultimate takeover by the man. Yeah. The ultimate, if you ever look into how those are made. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. They're... They're manufactured. Um, are there still, yeah, there's still bands that are out there that you just have to go a little bit deeper, I think. You just have to go a little bit deeper. In fact, right now, the accessibility to the Rebels is very, very, it's very accessible. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, you, you know, it's funny when I was, I love music. And when I was a kid, I didn't have that many records because it was hard to find good records. And when you did find them, they cost $18, which was a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you just type into YouTube. Uh, you know, Viking folk metal, and you got it. There it is. You know, it doesn't <laughs> even cost you anything, yeah. right? Yeah. You can, you know, desert stoner rock. You put it in there. There it is. You can get. You can go deep. You can listen. You could listen to stoner rock for the rest of your life and not even listen to it all. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So all that music's out there. Um, all there's all kinds of just radical kind of music that's out there. There's this band I've been listening to called Heilung. It means healing in Norwegian or some. And they, they're they up there on stage. There's like 14 people in the band. They're playing all these different instruments. And when I say different, I mean different. They're playing like bones. They got like, they got like femurs. <laughs> And sure. goat skin drums and 
you know, horse heads that they're banging on. <laughs> and there's a guy that kind of sings in a sort of death metal-ish type thing and there's some chanting going on. And then there's this woman named Maria Franz who's got some pipes on her and she's wearing this weird antler outfit with antlers on her heads. So look, man, it is out there. <laughs> well, it's out there. Right. The stuff is out there. And I look, I... I don't even think you need I don't think you need me to point you to it. I think you go and just start exploring what's out there and you'll find it. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Here's the challenge though, where mm-hmm. with unlimited accessibility comes unlimited choice and yeah, unli- it's, it's like like you ever go to a restaurant and the menu's like 5 pages long yeah. and you're like okay you find your you're good cuz yeah. a lot of things sound good and and not to mention it's like man you come across the thing that looks good hey i'm just going to get that bro i'm not going to read this whole menu mm-hmm. and then years later you go there all the time and someone's like hey you ever been in this restaurant they you say yeah yeah i go there all the time i get this and then they say oh, okay well i get this and i'm like dang i didn't I even know that. they had they had that i don't try the other stuff yeah see and that's kind of part of my point right there yeah yeah you're right you're right and i'll tell you i mostly i do mostly listen to the same music that i've been listening to my whole life yeah. which is kind of lame right because shouldn't i be doing well i guess I, I i do get out there here's what i thought here's where i thought you were going with this when I was a kid, the first thing I wanted to know when I met someone was what kind of music do you listen to? Because huh. to me, that kind of told the story of who that person was. Whereas mm-hmm. nowadays, everyone, what's everyone's answer? Everything. Yeah. And guess what? It's not even, it's not, that's not true. People really do listen to everything because you know why? An album doesn't cost $18. Yeah. An album is free, basically. So yeah. everyone goes, yeah, yeah, I listen to that. I listen to this other thing. Yeah. I think it's, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just different. Yeah, people are have more broad musical taste now than they did when I was a kid. You didn't have, you didn't get that. You didn't get to be able, you weren't able to do that. Yeah. You just listened to the seven albums that you had. That's it. You yeah. were stuck. And that's not to mention that the albums back in your day uh, were they're real more they're more distinct. You know, where if it's like, hey, you like rock? Oh, here's a rock album. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like rap? Here's a rap album. You like. You know, country, whatever. You know, here's a country. Like now, bro, there's so much fusion yeah. and new things. It's yeah. like, man, you got freaking what's his name? Well, I don't know their names, but there's like a country <laughs> music, Old Town Road, and the rapper and the country guy, and they're doing a song, and it's a massive hit. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, like it, it's like oh, I listen to country. Okay, here's some country. Oh wait, that's not country, that's rap. Oh well, it's both. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it's like okay, so you asking, uh, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? Yeah. Kind of thing. It's I like okay, it's, that's less of a thing now. Doesn't make it. Doesn't make it happen anymore. Hey, you ever listen to, like, you, you, do you listen to, like, rap? Because you listen to a, essentially one kind of music even now, right? Or just well, a couple? Well, no, I don't think that's necessarily true because I listen to metal, the metal, right? <laughs> I listen to Black Sabbath. Sure, hell yeah. I was listening to Ozzy Osbourne on the way over here. There you go. Uh, so I do listen to that, but I do, yeah, I listen to hardcore for sure. That's sort of the main staple of the whole diet. Uh, but I listen to rock and roll, too. What were you asking? Do you What's your rap? favorite rap song or hip hop song? Uh, like, and I'm not even necessarily right now. I'm saying ever like before one that you'd put on, uh, if any. Uh, I don't know. Maybe LL Cool J. Hell yeah. Maybe. I mean, NWA's first album. I mean, come on. That's just freaking. <laughs> undeniable. Yeah. It's undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times Tupac, even if people don't listen to rap, they mm. listen to Tupac. Because he kind of like, 
he's a lot more poetic. Yeah. You know, and maybe they appreciate that, even if they're not necessarily into the style or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, but it, yeah. So back to the selection and accessibility. I mean, when I was a kid, Run DMC was like issued to you. Oh yeah, Run DMC. He's <laughs> good because I'm from the East Coast. Yeah, you know, and from outside New York, and Run DMC was, you would you say unde they were undeniable. Yeah, it was Run DMC. It was a whole. There was, a, was just. There was a movie with Run DMC, and it was but about the thing the is rap. Run DMC NWA. Though they had riff driven rock and roll. Uh, Right, sampling, yeah, yeah, and so of course you're listening to it when you're a kid like me. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you recognize that? That's a guitar riff. Yeah, remember Run DMC did a, a fusion uh, song with um, what's his name? Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah, yeah, remember that? Yeah, Walk This Way. Yeah, yeah that was your jam right there. No, actually, I was. If you could see the look on my face, <laughs> so, like I was already kind of come on. You know why? You know why? Why? Because when that happened, it was like the man was taking it. Oh yeah, it was too. So it was, it was too poppy it was, mainstream. Yes, it was the man was taking it away. It wasn't. Uh, so we like didn't like it. I I'm one of those people like a music, a little bit of a music snob. Yeah, I got I gathered that from like, you a little th bit. This is old, you know. We like to stay old school. Yeah, like you're the kind of guy who, and what we were talking about earlier off offline, how like. You'll be like, no, this underground artist, heart metal or whoever, whatever you listen to, uh, this artist, way less well-known, is way better than this mainstream artist. Well, a lot of times they actually are. Oh, what do you mean actually are? See that? And that proves my point right there. Yeah. In, uh, under what circumstances? What do you mean better? Album sales? Okay, no. I'm going to throw something back Fans? at you. No, no. I'm going to throw something back at you because mm -hmm. you've been using this example with me lately, right? <laughs> uh -huh. What's better? Uh, this are this artist this music artist that sold this many records or this one and you're always like well You know the guy sold more therefore they're better. No, okay. I never okay. know. Okay. No, okay. No, okay. No, okay. No, I didn't this. say that. Nope. Okay. What's better steak or McDonald's? No, McDonald's sells more, right? Yeah, it's true. So yes, first off, I would never say that I would never say oh this guy sells more So he's better mm -hmm. because that's what that's why I always say like if you notice I'll be like depends on what you mean by XYZ the word better is always or it very oftentimes one of those things that I'll say that about because then that was my whole argument when I had that this that quote-unquote debate with my friend Tim mm. our friend mm. Tim where he's saying this underground rapper is better than Lil Wayne or whoever mm. I was like but what do you mean by better mm -hmm. because I could make the argument I'm not making it but I could that Lil Wayne is better because of and then I start naming this criteria album sales uh, awards you know, by the you know, how many awards and album sales does your underground guy have? And then it's way less. So it's like, cool. I'm not saying he's worse or better. I'm just saying you got to measure it by a certain in by or you have to measure it a certain way. See what I'm saying? Cool. Now that I measure said, things by what I think is better. What you think is better. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm right. It's oh, yeah. And you're right. OK. And what, the thing is, though, you do have a point, though. And so Tim, he started saying, well, if you listen to the lyrics, they're more complex and all this. And I was like, hmm, now you're on to something. Because just like if like if you, you have the McDonald's or, or fat, we'll say fast food comparison to like a, I don't know, steak or whatever. And you're like, well, McDonald's sells trillions of hamburgers. So they're better by that metric. Cool. If you're if you're measuring, quote unquote, better by that standard. Yes. But there is a lot to be said for certain elements that are less tangible. Check. Not intangible, less tangible. See what I'm saying? And I think we all can sense that a lot of the time. 
back to the selection situation though, bro. Like they're if it's like okay, where are the rebels or whatever, they're not in front of our face. Back in the day, the the even if they weren't as well known, they were still way in, more in front of our face. Not ex- necessarily accessible, but in front of our face because they all had like labels. They got advertised. They got played on the radio, and that was sort of it. There wasn't millions and millions of artists available for purchase um, outside of the people that were on the radio or whatever. Now it's they're everywhere, anywhere, and everywhere, and they're everything. So if you're gonna go on a search, bruh, that's gonna be a big search. You see what I'm saying? For like the artists or the type of music. That's the current conundrum. That's what I think. Next question. <laughs> Hello. I'd really appreciate some advice on how to help codependent spouse who has recognized the problem of her own volition. And is willing to change but doesn't know where to begin. It is destroying the relationship. But we, we both feel like it's not insurmountable and worth trying to salvage overt suggestions are ineffective and i'm looking for subtle hints and paths to steer her down without ordering her to do xyz where can i start yeah so what what this scenario looks like to me is you need you need to get some professional help for the codependent spouse now how do you get a codependent spouse professional help without ordering them hey you need to go get you need to go get professional help. What you need to do is say, hey, listen, I think we need help together and explain the fact that there's people that actually know how to handle these things and how, how to help a couple get through these scenarios. And then you roll in there and you start going to some kind of therapy. And obviously the therapy will be will start to help her and overcome this thing. The, the whole idea of the brain mechanics, which I've talked about before, there's people that know how to handle these things, just like a mechanic of a vehicle knows how to handle that knocking in the engine. There's psychologists that know how to handle codependent people and how to get them back on track and out of that cycle. So I would say you you do that. You say, listen, we need some help. I know that I want this to work. I think the best thing we could do is go get some someone that knows how to handle this stuff and help us through it professionally, us through this professionally and you start it out and you know what you will get some help you will get some help out of it too it's not just for the spouse so nothing wrong with that man nothing wrong with that that feels like a such a big part of it where it's like oh yeah she's on the road to recovery she recognizes this or whatever but like you know like any relationship it's a two-way street kind of thing and we ignore or tend to or can ignore our own role so I learned about this term called extreme ownership. Mm. Smart outfit. I, I dig it. Where if you can really like kind of get in touch with that, like what can I do or what did I do? Doesn't matter. You can you can evaluate the yeah, situation. Yeah, because you're kind of at a minimum, you're enabling it, right? That's what, yeah, exactly right. So if you look at it as 10 factors that, that are creating this problem and literally she, quote unquote, she did nine of them. Look for that one that you did and just just hammer that. Don't worry that much about this other nine stuff about her or whatever. Just focus on and change that one. And a lot of time that one is going to it's going to like dominoes really solve the problem. Can. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's interesting about this is part of codependency is like everything's my fault. So she's going, "Hey, or we're assuming it's her. I think it is. Uh, it's my fault. It's my fault." 
it's part of the it's part of the problem. Is like, oh, it's it's my fault. So definitely, there's 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 ownership that needs to be taken on both sides, and that's why you go get professional help. Yeah. That's what it is. It'll uncover both the corrective measures that both parties can take in this scenario. Yeah, a lot of times too, as a guy, it's hard to be like, I don't know, I'm totally stereotyping right now, but sometimes we'll say, as a guy, it's like, oh, I don't need some person telling me how to act with my wife or whatever. I just want her to shape up, almost kind of thing. Yeah. Well, part of the part of the answer that I gave was sort of to <laughs> was to trick the guy into going because look, he's gonna get help. <laughs> so yeah, if yeah. you're there, I just revealed my 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 strategy is to say yeah you know best thing for you to do is go and take her to you know you mm. go we need help you do you need help yeah. there you go yeah so go get it it's like a trojan horse right yes take her to get help i Boom. wasn't going to tell him that surprise you got help too there you go. all right next question dear jocko and echo in parentheses jocko i think one podcast you said i can create time or something to that effect having listened to you since you're on tim ferris I don't dispute this, but pretending that you actually have the same 24 hours we all have each day, I can't figure out how you make room for new things. I understand how normal people can start a new habit or routine like exercising, but getting rid of a bad or time-wasting habit like watching TV, simple, replace a bad habit with good, but how or what do you get rid of to make room for the new things since you seem not to have any bad or time-wasting habits? For example, what did you do to st- what did you stop spending time on to make room for the podcast? What did you stop doing to make time to write books, learn archery, make public appearances, etc.? Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Good question. When I got out of the Navy, Obviously, when I got out of the Navy, I had a bunch of time for more stuff because I was out of the Navy, uh, but I was immediately consulting and spending a lot of time consulting. I wrote books in planes, trains, and automobiles as I traveled around the world and around the country. As we, When we started the podcast, I just made time for it, meaning less time doing anything else than this. You know, we used to record at freaking 8 o'clock at night. We get done at whatever. You know, like that's just that's just how... Uh, so I removed more and more things out of my life that I didn't need. This is all the things that you're talking about. A little less, you know, less, what do you say here? Time, like TV. Yeah, TV is just a non, just a non-starter. But you're right in that you can also, you can only, you can only remove so many things and then you get 24 hours. You can remove all these wastes of time and once you fill that up, that's it. Once I mean, like that's it. Once you're only sleep, once you're you've minimized sleep, which look, I'm not recommending, but it's part of what I did to kind of get to a point where I was producing more stuff. Um, so what, then, what do you do? Well, then you got to prioritize and execute, and you got to figure out what's most important. You got to figure out what has the bi- the biggest ROI. What's going to make you better? What's going? What can you not live without? What is a waste of time? What are the things that are a waste of time? The things that you could be more efficient doing? What can you do later in life? I'm not a golfer. I figure I can start golfing when I'm 79 years old. <laughs> sure. Uh, so you just got to prioritize and execute, and the and you got to be careful when I say that because. 
when you prior, prioritize and execute, you can't just prioritize and execute tactical things that are in front of your face today. Mm-hmm. You need to also run a prioritize and execute loop on your long-term goals. Right? Because otherwise you could be doing, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this thing today, I'm gonna do this thing today, I'm gonna do this thing today, and they're all due tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Tomorrow you'll have more little tactical things that are due that day and you'll do those things and you will never set aside the time to learn how to play guitar or write that book that you're working on or or whatever. Whatever that long-term thing is, unless you prioritize that into your immediate tactical things, you'll never get to it. So don't get t- caught in a tactical, and by that I mean immediate prioritize and execute loop. You have to also interject hey, I'm going to, I've got these long-term goals that I have ahead of me. I need to fit them in as well. That's the way it is. You know, like you surf, right? Well, actually before that, so when it, a lot of times, like when you add new stuff and and I'm not, I am not speaking from a position of like extreme black belt time management Mm -hmm. person, disclaimer, but same time, I think it applies t- still to me and everyone where when you introduce new things that you actually are taking serious yep. and, and you're doing or whatever, and when you start running out of actual time in in the day or in the week or mm-hmm. whatever, the things that you might have been doing five days a week, sometimes they'll just go down to like four days a week, mm-hmm. three days a week, maybe even two days That's a week. That's why you're going to prioritize and execute. Yes. But even through prioritizing and execution, mm-hmm. that still tends to happen, especially if it does require, like, like jujitsu, for example, like you probably trained jujitsu way less than you did, you know, what, 10 years ago. Well, here's a, here's an example. When I was going to college, I was training jujitsu two to four hours a day. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Every day. Just rolling. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And yeah. So as I started doing more things, once I got back to the teams, you can't, you can't do that. So you're going to prioritize and execute. What am I going to like blow off? my platoon because it's time to train jiu-jitsu no you got to prioritize and execute right so those things are going to happen um and you you know you got to figure out what it is that you really want to do because you only do have so many hours in a day and that's the way it is yeah that's a good question right there to actually almost like out loud or at the very least consciously ask yourself like what really is it that you want to do and a lot of times if you be honest you're like man i don't want to be a facebook scroller you know, no, like there's not too many people that say, oh, well, goal in life, Facebook stroller, get into sc- arguments. Stro- yeah. Wait, did you say stroller? Scroller. scroller. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or TV watcher. Like, what do you want to do in life? Well, I want to be sure that I caught the whole series of whatever. Hey, here's one. Remember when I used to respond to like every Twitter? Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Yes, it, I, do. I was able to do that until I got like 50,000, I think 50,000 followers. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I would respond to every person that tweeted me. And it would take me, I think at, towards the end before I couldn't keep up anymore, it would take me like an hour, maybe an hour and a half to sit. I'd be like, okay. And I would basically just sit there and boop, 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 boop. Yeah. And then And then all of a sudden what happened was I missed like two days because of whatever. And when I looked back, it was, I couldn't catch back up. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so that that's not happening. Got away from so me. now I just, when, there, when an opportunity presents itself, Big big one was traveling for me. So you get to an airport, I'm in a car, 
I, I can't really do work in a car, so I boom, I jump on Twitter and respond. I still do that today. Yeah. I'm sitting in the airport. You know, you don't have time to get your computer out and start working, so you just pull out your phone. This is what I'll do: pull out my phone, respond to Twitter, respond to Instagram, respond to Facebook, whatever. Just kind of go through. Twitter is the main one because it's very simple. Yeah. Um, but but the one of the reasons is once I got an hour and a half, like I don't have time for that. Yeah. And and also the demands of everything else that I was doing started taking more time and all of a sudden it's like, okay, that that was one of the first things that got scaled back a lot. And then when COVID hit and I'm not really traveling as much, mm-hmm. boom, you know, like it's it's a lot more rare that I go on and spend one hour on mm-hmm. Twitter when I did that for basically an hour a day for probably for probably for a year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, oh man, I should really like get back in the game there. But Again, we're recording a bunch of pod, different podcasts right now. I've got more stuff going on at Echelon Front, got more stuff going on at Origin. I'm writing other books. So that's, there you go. Yeah. How do I get it. an extra hour a day? Oh, yeah. Don't do social, don't, I don't do an hour of social media day like I did a, few, a couple of years ago. Yeah. I remember, I remember when we'd be driving back from wherever, wherever yeah. and then you'd be on your phone or whatever, just, just quiet. Just on your phone, <laughs> and that's how you can kind of tell. Because you know, every once in a while, you'll you know you'll come across something. You'll be like, "Ha ha, look at this!" Or this guy mm-hmm. said this to me, or whatever. But when you're just quiet, oh, you know, Jocko's quote unquote hammering Twitter. Hammering then when you yeah, you're done, you'd be like, "I just hammered Twitter right now." Like, <laughs> more like that's like the job I just knocked out. Yeah, it's a bummer yeah. too because um, Twitter uh, it's a good, it's a good way to communicate. Like, I I I should get back in the game on Twitter, maybe at some point in the next year as other opportunities slow down, maybe I'll start hammering Twitter again. Hammering Twitter all day. Cause I'll tell you, it's a good way to communicate. Yeah, yeah, fully. Um, Why do you surf? It's fun. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of things that's fun. I mean, I I believe and I don't surf. like I believe, like it goes super deep, okay. As far as surfing goes, so like you know how like surfing, like you made the comparison to jujitsu, where mm-hmm. it's like you can, there's no clears your brain out, clears your brain out. Mm-hmm. There's no one wave that's going to be the same all the time, you yeah. know. Like you, you can sure you can surf a certain break and it's going to be consistent in mm-hmm. in one way or another, but you you never surf the same wave all the time. Just like you can roll with freaking Andy every single day, but each roll is going to be different in all these different ways. But so, but don't you, cause like when you go surf and then you're done surfing, this is, I'm just totally just assuming you're glad that you went surfing. Oh, hundred percent. So why is that? Um, I think cause your brain, your brain got cleared. I think that the main reason it's like a mental reset. It's like, you got a little mental reset, kind of like the jujits. Yeah. You get a little, everything's cleared out. You got to think about other things. You got to think about nothing, basically. Yeah, which is a good feeling. I I think about it sometimes, where because certain things are like that. A lot of things like that. They say like mountain, like rock climbing and stuff. It's kind of like that. And and I don't know. For me, I don't know. I'm just saying what as far as what I hear. But I think I've narrowed it down. I think. I don't know. You tell me. So these were rhetorical questions you were asking. You already know the answer. No, I okay. I don't know the answer. Okay. I, I want to see what you thought. But surfing, snowboarding, uh, I'm sure skiing is like this. Maybe golf to way less a degree, but mm. um, these things they're they're 
they're essentially skills, essentially, okay. with all this other benefit, right? So, and they have an element of risk, some big, some small. So when you go, there is this, you know, like jujitsu too, where when you fail, you can fail and then get back on track mm-hmm. and, and learn from that failure. And it's happening just constantly, constantly, constantly. So it's almost like this therapeutic failure, recovery, failure, recovery with improvement as a result. And it, it's happening moment to moment. Mm-hmm. So like surfing, for example, like you got to maintain balance. And a lot of this stuff, like you've been doing it so long that it's like just it's secondary. It's like riding a mm-hmm. bike already. Mm-hmm. So it presents other challenges to improve essentially the skill. Mm-hmm. So you get all these micro payoffs in your brain, I think, in your whole being, mm-hmm. these little micro payoffs from moment to moment. And it's not like super easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, though, because I don't really think of like a moment to moment payoff as the driver. I think of like what you said initially when you're done, like when you're done with a good roll, when you're done with surfing, when you're done with a good lift, you're done with those things. You're like, that felt really good. Now you get you feel maybe you feel like good when you're doing it occasionally, like you get barreled or whatever. You get a shacked up. Yeah. but yeah, to me, it's just, to me, I think what feels good about those things is it clears out your brain. Yeah. So I think it's, it's like control alt delete and now you're reset and yeah. it feels good. Do you know what that control alt delete means? Cause I know you're not a computer guy. <laughs> yes, sir. I do. Uh, I think that happens or what I'm talking about is, you know, the micro failures and achievements and getting better, whatever that I think goes kind of into your subconscious, I think, or can, or a lot of it can, it depends, I guess. But you get that regardless of it's conscious or not conscious because, okay, you know how you're the most happy, like moments of happiness seem like, anyway, it seem like they come Bro, from. Bro, are we going to rename this podcast Moments of Happiness? If we, if we have to, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> anyway, moments of happiness okay, moments of seem happiness. like, anyway, they come when you do something hard and, and achieve it kind of a thing. Okay. You know, let's face it, that's like way more happy than... Unless you're feeling it for somebody else, which is a different thing. But that, let's face it. That's like the most happy you're going to be, really, when you do something. Yes. And it's like Good challenge. worthy. Yep. Yeah. So now you have these little micro challenges and you're either failing or succeeding. And at the end of the day, net, net, you're succeeding. You know how like every time mm-hmm. you're going to get even that much better, right? So you get these things where these little presentations come to you moment to moment. And it's just like for hours and hours and hours. So maybe, maybe whether it be consciously or subconsciously, you're getting that little payoffs just fed to you in your mind. So when you're done, you're left with a feeling of, oh yeah, my brain was cleared all because that's all part of it too. You're left with that feeling. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the actual like happiness, the, the feeling of, I'm so glad that I did that. The stoke. The stoke. Oh yeah. Came from that little formula. That's what I think. Okay. That's why, like, if you think about it, surfing, jujitsu, especially when it's not predictable every single time, you know? Like, jujitsu, that one's a big one, big one. I like it. I say you go out and I say you look for those little things that will give you many micro payoffs so many. that you can get the stoke in the end. <laughs> I'm saying, but because it's like how you say, like, you do it. You surf and you're glad that you did it because yeah. there's things that are super fun, but it's like, should I have done that? You know, should it, should I have have uh, watched yeah. NASCAR, oh, you know, yeah. for two hours? It was fun. 
But should I have done that? Should I have gone out drinking? It was <laughs> drinking, fun, but yeah. <laughs> exactly right. But surfing, kind of the payoff of surf, surfing, kind of lasts after. Maybe you're it's done. because these things are good for you. Like actually good for you. Like surfing is good for you. Jiu-jitsu yeah. is good for you. Yeah, and that's part of it too, for sure. But it's actually fun. You, it, there's, you got to be honest. Like, there's a lot of things that are good for you that you don't have that le- level of stoke, as we say mm. now. Apparently, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's good for you. Sure. But you know, you introduce that formula. It's kind of like, oh, that's where you can. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it. And that's about it for today, man. Before, before you really go off hey, the rails, we can over go here. deep if you want, or whatever. <laughs> I don't, you, bro. I don't want to go any deeper today. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for supporting the cause on the underground. We really appreciate it. And if you want to get some supplements, you can get them from Jocko Fuel. If you want to get some clothes or jujitsu stuff, you can get it from OriginUSA.com. We also have the store also known as jockostore.com, written a bunch of books. You can check those out. Have a leadership consulting company called Echelon Front. We're on the interwebs. Echoes at Echo Charles. I'm at Jocko Willink. And listen, we really do appreciate the support that you all are giving us. We don't want to run freaking advertisements. I can barely even listen to other podcasts because they roll these advertisements in the middle of the podcast they're awful. I hate them. I want to start stabbing people. <laughs> we don't want to do that. No. And and look, the reason we're able to not do that is because of your support. However you're giving it, whether you're getting yourself some freaking discipline go, whether you're buying yourself a gi, whether you're just here rolling with us on the underground, we appreciate it. It's awesome. And thank you. Thanks for joining us in the deep, dark, cavernous world of the underground where there also is apparently a small level of stoke. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko.